Hey, rock stars, hold on to your seats because something new is about to blow the roof off the real estate game. Coming November 20th, there's a new app launching a game-changing feature, something no other real estate app dares to offer. It's the future of real estate tech. I've been toying around with it for a few weeks, and you might have seen me demo it on YouTube, but now it's going to be available to everybody. It has become my single favorite app for finding deals and connecting with motivated sellers. It's so it's just so simple and easy to use, and I want to invite you to take a look and witness this revolution that's about to happen. Your future self will thank you. So head over to sellersniper.com, and when you get there, you'll know what to do. Sellersniper.com. Remember, you heard it here first. I'll see you there. Sellersniper.com. This is Terrio Media. Ladies and gentlemen, real estate aficionados, brace yourselves for an unforgettable episode. Our host, Mercedes Torres, is joined by the founder of Massive Passive Income, the maestro of financial freedom, Dustin Heiner. This is not just a podcast episode. It's a real estate showdown that will have you eagerly awaiting every word, every strategy, and every ounce of wisdom from these two real estate heavyweights. Join Mercedes and Dustin as they delve into the trenches of Dustin's entrepreneurial journey, uncovering the secrets behind his unmatched approach to financing and scaling real estate investments. Learn how he conquered challenges, celebrated victories, and achieved the remarkable feat of quitting his job at the age of 37. But that's not all. Discover the magic behind investing in rental properties, the key to unlocking passive income and financial freedom. Dustin and Mercedes will share insights that can transform your mindset and set you on the path to building your own real estate empire. Don't miss this chance to witness history in the making. Tune in, take notes, and get ready to implement the strategies that can turn your real estate dreams into a reality. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, strap in. It's time for the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. We'll be your guides as we navigate the housing market, the landscape of creative financing strategies, and everything you need to swap that office chair for a beach chair. If you're looking for some one-on-one -on -one help, meet us at reiace.com. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go. Hello and welcome, welcome back. Thank you for listening to the Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast. My name is Mercedes Torres. I am lucky enough to be partners in crime with Mr. Matt Terrio, the guy who created the Epic Real Estate Empire. And this week, I have a very, very special guest. As you Epic listeners know, I do my homework on every guest that blesses our podcast. And this one is super phenomenal. Now, my friend Dustin, he is a, a tremendous real estate investor. He is the founder of Massive Passive Income, a fellow podcaster, might I add. He also found the Real Estate Wealth Builder Conference and successfully unemployed. Mind you, he says that with passion, rightfully so. He is a real estate investor who was able to make enough passive income from his business to quit his job at the age of 37. He's going to share his secrets. He's going to share his story. And I am thrilled to have him on our podcast. So without further ado, I'm going to let him introduce himself and tell us all about the wonders of who he is and what he's doing for our community. So Dustin Heiner, welcome to the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. How the heck are you, buddy? Hi, Mercedes. I am so pumped and blessed to be here on the show. And I love real estate investing. And it's it's not necessarily like real estate investing itself, but it's what it affords me to do in my life. Like I was blessed to be, like you said, quit my job when I was 37 years old. And I like the term 
successfully unemployed because when I started using the word retired, people said, well, what do you do with your life? Like, well, I do plenty. I build businesses. I invest in real estate. So now successfully unemployed, now I can make money for myself and my family without working that dead-end J-O-B, that just overbroke job. But with that, like I went to the gym this morning, I hang with my family and then I come on podcasts and talk to great people like you. But yes, I am a real estate investor. It's one of my favorite things to do. And just like you, because we got to know each other a lot over the last few like, couple of weeks now, it's been terrific to get to know you. We have a passion for helping people. That's such a blessing to be able to serve people, sharing with them how they can invest in real estate. But yes, so I started investing back in 2006. Eventually, I had enough properties to quit my job. Then I wrote a few books, How to Quit Your Job with Rental Properties. I'm not very creative, just very straightforward to the point. And then I created Master Passive Income, had the podcast, and I just love talking to podcasters too. So Mercedes, when you and I started chatting, I was like, man, we're cut for the same club. Like this is, we're two pieces of plot and it's so good to meet another podcaster who's been doing it for a very long time. So I'm very blessed to be on the show, but thank you so much for having me. Oh, you are so welcome. Yeah, we've been doing this since 2010. And I tell you, it's our listeners that keep asking for more. So thanks to the listeners because we are here because of them. We're here to serve them. So let me just tap on that successfully unemployed. I hope you trademarked that, buddy. Because I sure that, did. <laughs> I love it. That is amazing. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Retired doesn't fit us because we're way too young. Successfully unemployed. Yeah, that's the way to go. So Dustin, tell me a little bit just about your story. We all have a story, how we got started. We all have a why. I, I want to hear your why and I want to hear your story. How did you get started? Oh, totally. So back in 2006 is when I first started investing, but it, my story didn't start there. Actually, I'll quickly go to the very beginning. So when I was young and we're always, everybody's taught the same thing. So when we're young, we go to school, we get good grades, and then we take those good grades and go to college or university. And then we get thousands and thousands of dollars into debt and hopefully get good grades and a piece of paper that they give you called the degree. And you take that same piece of paper and you go and try to find a career, a quote unquote career at a company somewhere and hopefully work 40 plus years of your life and eventually retire at 65 years old or older and live on what you managed to save that entire time that you're working that just overbroke job. Well, I'm following the same path everybody else has taught. And I, at the same time though, I'm also entrepreneurial. I've always had the idea of businesses. Uh, so I've started a number of businesses. One was a graphic website design company. I even had a newspaper route when I was 13 years old. I started a pizzeria. I even had a convenience store. I even manufactured skateboards. I, I'm just a business owner. I love doing that. But at the same time, still walking that same path that we're all taught. Now, th this is what really shoved me or catapulted me into real estate investing. So I bought my first property in 2006. And I saw the passive income that came in. I thought, oh my goodness, I made, I, made, I remember the check. It was $317 exactly. And I said, $317, I didn't do anything. My property worked for me and I made money. So I knew I needed to become an investor, but you know how it is. Mercedes life just starts getting in the way. My wife and I started having kids. I have a regular full-time job working for a local county government doing IT or technology. And so we started having child after child. Eventually, and this is where it really just made me had to, I had to change. My wife had her fourth child. And when my wife had her fourth child, I went on paternity leave. That's where the dad stays home with the mom, changes poopy diapers and all that good stuff and bonds with the baby. And so for about two weeks, I'm off of work. And then I go back to work. And in that same week, I go back to work on a Friday at 3.30 in the afternoon, I get a call from my boss's, boss's, boss's secretary, like top dog. And she says, Dustin, would you please come to the office? I said, sure. And I hung up the phone and I paused for a second. I thought, 
why in the world they call me the office? Like, this isn't normal. And I've seen plenty of movies. Friday at 3.30 is not a good sign. Not good. <laughs> not good at all. And then at the same time, I started remembering a couple of months before I went on paternity leave, there were some rumors, some rumblings going on that there could potentially be layoffs in the county. And I immediately shook it off. I said, there's no way. I've got 12, 13 years seniority here. My bosses think I do a great job. So I shook it off. And I get up and I walk down the hallway to my boss's office. Now, this hallway isn't very long. In fact, it's kind of short. But every single step that I take, it feels like the hallway gets longer and longer and longer. And it feels like my feet become lead bricks because the weight of potentially losing my job starts really crushing down on me. Well, I get down the hallway and I turn the corner and I see my boss's door. His door is closed and I see his secretary there, super sweet, nice old lady. And she looks at me and kind of sheepishly grins at me and trying to console me with her eyes. And she says, Dustin, would you please have a seat? Because she knows everything about what's going on. I know nothing about what's going on. So I go and I take my seat and sitting there in that chair, I stop to think about my life. If I lose my job right now, all this plan that I was told by other people, and if I get laid off right now, did I just waste my life doing this? And then I realized, oh my goodness, I have four kids. My baby was just born. If I lose my job, I'm not going to be able to feed my family. Did I just, am I now a failure as a father? Am I a failure as a husband, as a man trying to provide for his family? And sitting there, my hands get all clammy, my forehead gets all sweaty because the nerves are just crushing me. Well, the door to my boss's office opens up and out walks a lady, a coworker of mine with a piece of paper in her hands. She is noticeably distraught, noticeably upset, not necessarily crying, but you can tell her world has just been rocked. She passes by me and my boss says, Dustin, would you please come to the office? So I get up and I go into the office and I get laid off. And remember, this is the government. Nobody gets fired or laid from the government, but I did. Well, I take that layoff notice and I go back to my desk and I sit down and I realize two things. This is the reason why I tell the story. I realized two things sitting right then and there. The first one, I need to get another job. I need to be able to provide for my family. So I was really blessed, praise the Lord, to find another job in the same county. A different department was not having those issues. So check, I got moved over to another job. So the second thing, sitting that chair in that chair, just getting laid off, I realized that I need to make sure that this never, ever happens to me again. I need to make sure that nobody has the ability to take away my ability to feed my family. So right then and there, I realized that I needed to become an investor. I wanted to, but life just kept getting in the way. But right there, I realized anytime anybody would ask me the question, say, Dustin, what do you do? I would reply, oh, I work for the county and I do technology for the county government. I'm basically projecting the value that I put on myself as coming from my job. No, my value does not come from my job. It comes from myself and from my God, from my family. So right then and there, I told myself every time anybody would ever ask me what I do, I would tell them I am an investor. Now, it may so happen that I have one property and 100% of my money comes from my job. That's now my part-time job. I am a full-time investor. So I'll fast forward the story, started buying property after property after property, each one making me a minimum of $250 or more. And that's the minimum. I have some making five, six, $700 or more, but that's a minimum. Eventually, I had 30 plus properties. And I said, why am I still working here? Like, so, well, the last part of the story, even though I was making $75,000 a year at this job, I realized I was losing money because the value that I put into my business, I can get 100% of that. So I went to my new boss, good boss and all. I said, hey boss, I'm laying you off. And, you know, jokingly, and we both laughed. And he said, Dustin, what are you going to do? I said, I don't have to do anything. I own real estate. It makes me money without working. And so the last part of the story, if you remember that hallway that I was walking down that got longer and longer and longer, where my feet became like lead bricks, 
Well, I walked to my car every single day, a mile and a half every single day. And I've done this a thousand times. Well, this last time walking to my car, I felt like I was walking on clouds because I knew I would never, ever need a job again. And everybody listen to this. You need to realize that you are not getting paid what you are worth. If you are getting paid what you're worth, your boss would go broke. You are worth more than anybody would ever pay you. And this is how you'll know. Your boss is just paying you just enough money to keep you working without quitting, but not so much money it takes money out of their pocket. If they paid you what you're worth, they would absolutely go broke. Instead, what I believe is that we all have intrinsic value so much more than anybody can ever pay us. We figure out what that that medium is or whatever that is to that route to get to there. Us and Mercedes myself, real estate investing is by far the fast, like all these other businesses I had, this was the easiest, the fastest. I made the most money and I did almost nothing because I own real estate. So I'll pause the story because you've probably got plenty of questions. I do. Amen to that. Yeah. Real estate, you know, we say it all the time, Dustin. Real estate is the final frontier where the average person has a legitimate chance of creating real wealth, hands down. So yes, I have a ton of questions. First and foremost, where did you get your entrepreneurial spirit from? Is that your mom, your dad? Were you born that way? Is it innate? Did you learn it from school? Like, where did that come from? Because paper routes at the age of 12, that's kind of not, you know, <laughs> I hear it a lot from entrepreneurs, but it's not normal. Like my kid doesn't want a paper route and he's, <laughs> yeah. So where did you get so, that little spit vial from? Yeah, yeah. So in inherently like in myself, I'm always, I've been more of a rule breaker rather than a rule follower, number one. So if somebody tells me to do something, I, it's kind of like, well, maybe I could do it a different way, or maybe I don't want to do that. Like, I just don't follow the rules, but that rule of, you know, go through the entire life and I just follow that plan of hopefully retire at 65, which wasn't bad. But also my mom had remarried and my biological dad, he was a business owner. He worked at Denny's as a general manager and then realized I just want to be my own. So he started his own business. So I saw that. That was an example. And my stepdad, he was a contractor. And so he built his own business and he, I worked for him framing houses and really, really hot, like 110 degree heat in the summertime I was after school. But I saw that it's the independence that they had and not necessarily the money. Like I'm not driven by money. I'm driven by independence, by having freedom in my life. And I saw that in them. And then I realized that I can do it as well. And just every business iteration that I had, they just got better and better. And honestly, they became more of a passive income business. I didn't, I realized that it was a long time ago when I had a, actually I had a convenience store that I owned myself and all my customers were little bosses because if they didn't come in and buy, I didn't make money. So I realized I need to figure out a way to actually make passive income. But that's how I got it was me trial and error. But at the same time, I had great examples in my, my dad, my biological dad and my stepfather who my mom remarried. I love it. I, you know, it's so important that you say that because our kids are seeing absolutely everything that we do. And I mean, your parents didn't know that you were probably, you know, watching them, but you were through osmosis acquiring everything that they were putting down. So that's pretty awesome. You mentioned something and I, I'm going to talk, I want to talk about your first deal and, and how that happened. Cause that's always, I think it's important for the average person to understand it's not that difficult to get their first deal, but when I started real estate, for me, it was money. But I wanted money because I grew up really poor and I wanted to help my parents that were still in the rat race at the age of 60. So that was like my driving force. And what I often hear is, yeah, 
these people that get into real estate, all they want is money. Well, for me, it was now that I look at the big picture in hindsight. No, I really wanted freedom. And I wanted the freedom of being able to choose what to do with my time. Like there's a difference of wanting to work and having to work because you have to feed your family. So I love that you tapped on that because yeah, money buys freedom and it buys time. And time is one thing you're never going to get back. So, so good that you shared that. Dustin, let me ask you your first deal. Tell me about your very first deal. How did you find it? How did you come across it? Who helped you? Did you have any help? What mistakes did you make? Come on, tell me all. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So it was in 2006 when I first started investing. And well, a lot of people have had this similar experience, but man, I got to share it. It's so, it's sad, but at the same time, it's got me to where I am today. So in 2006, I work in a regular dead-end job and I was watching TV late at night and a late night infomercial came on and they said, hey, we're real estate gurus. We're coming to your town and we're going to give you a free two-hour seminar. I'm like, great, let's go ahead and do it because I want to learn how to do real estate. So I went to that seminar. It was all hype, all sales pitch. And they said, now run to the back. It's more, normally a million dollars, but it's $1,000 today for a two-day seminar. I'm like, great. And I ran to the back and I paid money for it. Then I went to a two-day seminar. But it was all hype and sales pitch for more seminars, like an $80,000 course, a $60,000. It was nuts how bad it was. I didn't have the money, so I couldn't do it. And so I realized I need to do it myself. So I took what little they told me or you know, they, what little they taught. And I was living in California at the time. And in 2006, we know prices were skyrocketing and rents weren't necessarily keeping up to where you can make passive income. So what I did instead was I realized there's other areas of the country that are probably going to have good properties. And all I need to do is make sure that I buy a house that I have somebody manage it. And so I went to Ohio of all places, flew there. And I, I'll say this, but now 30 plus properties I own and all my students that I coach, we don't fly anywhere anymore. And you know this, like there's no need to fly there. We have all the great technology now, but then also the experts that we hire in the ground, they're going to be the ones that can make sure we do it right. But I went all the way to Ohio, found a realtor and then found a property manager and then bought my property. And then it started making money. But here is really what I need to share. So I had that property manager at one property. My property manager started stealing from me within six months. It was so horrible. And the reason why is because I didn't do it right. Now, I could have just hung my head and said, oh, it just doesn't work. Woe is me. Let me go ahead and get out. I didn't though, because this is the reason why I actually figured out the right way. I've always been entrepreneurial, like I said, starting businesses. And I was going this from a perspective that the quote unquote gurus tell you and I said, well, let me change that. Let me approach it from a business mindset. Now, here's what the gurus told me and that usually try to tell everybody. You find a property anywhere in the country, you make sure you're making $25 or $50 a month in passive income. There's this 2006 because they said, now you're also going to get appreciation. That's what you're going to love. I'll pause that and say, I don't invest for appreciation. It's great. Don't get me wrong, but I will literally give these properties to my kids. It's generational that wealth I'm creating, but I want passive income. Now they say, you know, run the numbers and then make sure you're making a little bit of money in passive income, get appreciation, and then spend thousands of dollars to buy the property, then spend thousands of dollars to fix up the property, then find a tenant, and then find a property manager. Well, in my opinion, that's just about backwards. I did that and it went really, really wrong. But here's the right way we build the business first. We make sure we have the experts on the ground who actually do the work before we buy any properties. And this is what it kind of looks like. Let me give you a little example. So if you're going to start a convenience store, you know, candy bars and soda machines and all that sort of stuff. Well, if you're going to start a convenience store, you're not going to sign on a lease 
your name on a lease and open the doors and set a box of candy bars in on the ground. You wouldn't do that. You go out of business in two seconds. But what you would do is you would build the business first. You get the gondolas. Those are where the candy bars go on, the countertops, the cold storage, bank accounts, cash registers, insurance, employees, everything in the business before you buy any inventory. Same thing with real estate investing. We build the entire business, get all the experts who are there on the ground, wherever it is in the country, make sure that they are going to run the business. And then we buy the property. That property is our inventory that we put into the business. Now, the properties that I own, I don't look at it as, hey, this is my house that I'm going to live in because I'll never, I've never even been to, I have 30 plus properties. I've only seen one before I bought it and only seen two total. So I don't even see them, but they are inventory. Other people will rent our properties that we are actively renting out. As long as they're good properties, we keep the rents in a good rate. So that's not over, over too much. It's not a bad property, but that is the right way to do it. And it took me literally almost going bro- broke or bankrupt because it was the wrong way, but then I figure out the right way. Does it all make sense? Absolutely. I feel like you're my kindred brother because I, I went through exactly that when I first started in 2007, 2008. And, you know, I, I say it at nauseum, Dustin, it doesn't matter how great the property is. If you don't have the right team on the ground to put all of the components together to make it a cash flowing rental, you're absolutely screwed. Because you have to have a property manager that vets the tenant that's going to pay the rent so that you can cash flow. And so across cash flow savvy, when I created our system, I made sure I had everything you're talking about. I mean, I had from the acquisitions team, I have from the you know construction to the rehab, most important, the property management team. And that, at the end of the day, is the most important component, because if we can't place a qualified paying tenant, then nobody's going to make money. And so we started to incentivize our property managers by stating, hey, if you don't collect the rents, nobody makes money. You don't charge a flat fee. You charge a fee when you collect the rent, usually 8 to 10%, which is about standard across the nation. And then you collect your 10%. And then you give the rest to your tenants. So absolutely great point. You're 100% right. I qu- got to quickly touch on, and remember your thought, but whenever a property manager, because I hire, like when you build a business, you're going to make sure you hire the right people. I interview lots and lots of people, interview them multiple times. And one of the key thing is, how are their fees? If they're going to charge you when they're not even making you money, it's like, what's the incentive for you to actually make money for me? No, you don't make money unless I make money. But I had to just completely, yes, you're right. We're literally cut from the same cloth. Yeah, but no, and absolutely. And it also really depends on like, what are the property managers like key criteria, first of all, for placing a tenant? And what is the reasoning for their property management? Like all of the property managers that I work with, they originally started off as like mom and papa shops because they didn't like the way property management was being run for their properties. So they created this organization. So- in addition to managing properties for other, they're managing their own properties. So the standard of my teams is pretty high up there because they're managing their own stuff as well. So they have to provide that level of service in order to be known in our industries. That's another thing, like diversification of property management. In each of my markets, I have more than one team. In some markets, I have four teams because if one property management team isn't cutting it for you, then you should always have a standby. Something I learned very early on in my career, Dustin, (laughs) I'm sure you can relate to that. Absolutely. 
you tapped on something really important. You said you actually flew out to the market that, you know, to Cleveland or to Ohio. I remember when I started, I did the same thing. My first market was Danville, Illinois. We then branched off to Memphis, Tennessee, then Indianapolis, Indiana, Birmingham, Alabama. And then I just started building. But I remember I was the one flying out there. I was vetting the teams. And when I created Cashflow Savvy, I was like, you know what? If there's one thing I could do for my client is to save them a plane trip, time off of work to see the property, let's do it virtually and let's hire the experts. So very much like you, Dustin, that's how I created Cashflow Savvy because I wish that existed when I started this operation. It didn't exist. And so I created it and I I call it my one percenters, like less than 1% of my clients actually fly to the markets to go see the property. And much like you, Dustin, I don't, I haven't seen, I probably have only seen 10% of my entire portfolio. And let me tell you, it cash flows every single month. So I love that we're we're on that same page. So let's talk about challenges. What was the biggest challenge or eye-opening moment that you experienced in your journey as you built your real estate portfolio? Because your portfolio right now is pretty impressive. So I would love for you to share a little bit about your portfolio if you're prone to. I, I want to hear all about that. And then what's like the biggest challenge? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And you're 100% right. In flying places, I did it the first time because I didn't know what I was doing. I literally had no clue. And there wasn't the technology that there is today, which is amazing. And then also you can find experts there. So like all the students, like I coach hundreds of about thousands of students now, and you're right, like 1% of them fly to where they want, because they just need that, which is totally fine. But I'll be completely honest and say they do it once and then they find, then they start investing. But the next area that they're going to invest in, they don't even fly out there. They, they got it now. Now, the biggest challenge for me when I started my business, obviously I showed, shared that first challenge of not knowing how to do it right. But the other challenge is now how to scale the business. Now, you could have one, two, three, four, five properties, and you could be doing really well. Those are great cash flows. I love having smaller portfolios. Now, some, I, I know of some people that have like, you know, 4,000. A good friend of mine here in Phoenix area where I live, he's a fantastic, he doesn't do anything online. He's just a real estate investor. And he has like 4,000 units. I'm like, my goodness, that's amazing. I wouldn't mind that. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, what I what we need to do is to scale to get there. Now I have thirty plus properties. Now I also invest in other like businesses and hotels. I, I love playing Monopoly, so now I got to invest in a hotel. So I'm like I yeah, I did it. I made it to hotels. Now here's the biggest issue or problem that comes up for me as well as a lot of my students. It's now to scale. We can usually buy the first one or two or three. Now it takes a lot of work to get there. Don't get me wrong. Like a lot of work to build the business to make sure it's done right, and then you have one or two or three people that are working for you, get the properties, but then scaling. Because usually it's financing. That's the thing that most gets in the brain of every investor is how do I finance the properties? But I'll kid you not, Mercedes, you're probably, your channels are probably the same way. People want to learn about how to find properties and how to fund the properties. Well, that's what they go and they watch those. You like Those are my biggest YouTube videos or biggest episodes on podcasts, but it's not really what they need. Those things are so simple Funding properties and finding properties are so simple. Those are like the last part for me in my business. Realtors are literally the last people I go and find. I need to make sure I run the business well first. If you just grab somebody across the street and say, hey, you got a pulse. You say you're a property manager, come in and manage my business. Then they screw it up, which it probably will. You're going to be in trouble. So for me, the funding is one thing that can get in the way. 
The But the biggest one is managing the business. Now, a lot of people have heard of the book, The 4-Hour Workweek. You know, the premise of the book is to work four hours a week or make structure your life so you can't. Well, I personally believe working four hours a week is for suckers. I don't want to work four hours a week. I don't work four hours a month. Maybe I work 30 minutes a month on all my properties, just grab my property management statements, make sure everything's are going well, and then put it away and go back to play with my kids because I have the, biz- uh, the business systems, procedures, and processes in place for how I want my team, my business to run. And this is what it looks like. So if you, let's say you get to four or five properties and you get over that hurdle of financing, which there's literally dozens. I've, I've literally done 15 different ways. I've counted out. I even created a YouTube video saying, here's a 15 different ways I've got money to buy a property. So the financing is not a problem. You know that Mercedes. So with that, you want to think of, well, how do I find properties? Well, I have turnkey companies I work with. I have wholesalers. I have other investors. I have realtors. Those properties come to me. But now, running the business so I can feed my family day in and day out for my properties, that is when you bring in the scaling aspect of it. So let's say you, I'll give you a quick example of with business systems, procedures, and processes. I tell my property managers, all of them that I work with, however you work with the other landlords, that's totally fine. But how you handle my properties, this, these are the steps. These are the systems. And this is what I need you to do. And if you can't do that, I'm going to move on to somebody else. I'll give you a quick example. So here's a process, or if this is, if this happens, then do this for my property managers. Rent's due on the first. It's late after the third. You give them a, a late fee right after the third on the fourth. And then you start the three-day notice right away. As soon as that three-day notice is up, you start the eviction process. And if you, everybody might be thinking um, a bunch of different thoughts of what that is like, but here's the biggest thing. It's the most non-discriminatory like practice ever. You treat every single person the same because I was a bleeding heart. When I first started, when I had three or four properties, a lady would say, oh, hey, I literally, my, my son got arrested last month, so I couldn't pay for the rent. He got arrested again this month, so I had to bail him out, so he couldn't pay for the rent. Can I not pay the rent? I'd be like, oh, I guess. Well, here's the thing. They can and probably will take advantage of you. So if you run the business as a business, you're going to be able to scale. Now, if you have a business, you're going to have the right people to manage the properties. You're going to have also have the right people in place to help you fund the properties. And you're also going to have the right people in place to help you get the deals. I don't want to be doing all this direct marketing or cold calling. I don't want to do any of that stuff. Other people will. They love doing that. And then I just buy the properties from them, pay them a little fee for it, for doing, let's say, four or $5,000, whatever it might be. But if it fits my numbers, if it fits my business, I'm going to be making money. And last thing I'll quickly share is we make passive income on our business. In fact, what it comes down to, we make money. It's a business. We make money. Just like if you're going to buy a candy bar for a dollar and you can sell it for $2, that's going to be great. But if you buy a candy bar for a dollar and you could only sell it for 50 cents, you're going to be losing 50 cents every single month. We're not in business to lose money. We're in business to make money. So here's the candy bar analogy finished out. If you buy a candy bar for 50 cents and you know all day, every day, without a shadow of a doubt, you can sell it for a dollar. You'd say, how many candy bars can I get? I'm going to get as many as I can. But here's the great thing about real estate investing. Let's say you did not even have that 50 cents and you can borrow that 50 cents by borrowing and paying 25 cents. You're out of pocket, 75 cents total, and you still sell it for a dollar. You're going to say, how can I borrow more money to then make 25 cents every single thing? Same thing with real estate investing. We scale our business and that's the hardest part for most investors. And then we utilize other people that are experts to help us to do everything in the business. So we make it as best as we can automatic. Matt Terrio, investor, tell us where the deals are.
This week's deal is in Kansas City, Missouri. And tell us what the numbers are. Welcome to the epitome of effortless real estate investment, an 807-square-foot rehabbed bungalow designed for busy professionals like you. This gem features three bedrooms, one full bathroom, and a recent rehab that includes new carpet, gleaming appliances, and modern updates throughout. Step inside and you'll feel the warmth and brightness creating the perfect sanctuary for a growing family. Large windows flood the house with inviting natural light, setting the stage for a delightful living experience. Strategically located, this property provides easy access to essential amenities, hospitals, parks, malls, and Highway 71 for a seamless commute. Nearby schools such as Troost Elementary, Central Middle, and Southeast High School cater to educational needs. But it's not just about physical features. It's about enhancing the quality of life for your future tenants. Convenience is at its finest, with grocery shops within arm's reach and Aldi just minutes away. This isn't just a property. It's a rare find in today's market, tailored for those who understand the value of strategic investment. The vibrant interior and natural light from large windows aren't just features. They contribute to a welcoming ambience, making this property the top choice for long-term rentals. Ready to seize this opportunity? For more information on this property and others just like it, grab a free investor package from CashflowSavvy.com. Please stand by. We've got overhead to pay. We'll be right back. Hope is not a financial strategy. Let's get back to work. Scaling, that truly is what's going to make the difference for anybody. And, you know, my rule of thumb just with our listeners is, listen, it sounds sometimes so overwhelming that, you know, buying real estate, I get it. That's one of the reasons I created Cashflow Savvy is we do it all for you. But the reality is, if you were to just buy one property a year, and our properties are super affordable. Now, I say affordable, it's relative. Properties range, average is about $150,000. But if you buy a $100,000 property, you need a $20,000 down payment, 20%. And so my rule of thumb is just buy one property a year. In five years, that's five properties. Now, this whole time, you're cash flowing, you're gaining other benefits. And so what happens at the end of five years, those five properties are now a portfolio. Without you even knowing and without you really ultra trying, you just scaled your business because now there's real estate 2.0 where you start to now be able to piggyback off of those five properties. We call it portfolio loans. You then throw these properties into a specific type of a loan where you can now borrow against it. You cash out that money and boom, now you have more money to buy five more properties. And within six years, you technically could have 10 properties and you only had to come up with the money for five. So I am the queen of teaching people how to scale, and it just starts with one property a year. That's why I'm so passionate about my my baby, my cash flow savvy, because I do it all for you. And the reason we do it all for you is because we have the systems that you were talking about, the processes you were talking about. We already did it, and I've done it over 3,000 times 
piggyback off of our turnkey operation. If not mine, there are other turnkey operations. Just do it because it just starts with one property at a time. I mean, I talk about this at nauseum, Dustin, and I mean- Yeah, I agree with you. And if you just start with one, if you haven't bought one, you definitely need to buy one and start. Now, the I love the idea that you do not wait to buy real estate. Like, okay, the interest rates are really high. The prices are really high, which we definitely need to touch on interest rates. But you might be thinking, well, I'm going to wait to buy. No, no, no. You buy real estate and then wait. That's what you need to do. Now, also, when you think about when is the best time to plant a tree? Well, it was 20 years ago. The next best time is literally today. Because imagine in 20 years from now, if you bought one property and just like Mercedes, just like you said, bought one property after another, after another, that's how I built my business. I didn't really know what I was doing. I just kept buying properties, make sure they were cash flowing. Eventually, you're going to have a portfolio. And 20 years from now, actually, let, let me say it this way. You do not, you listen to this, you do not want to be listened to this amazing podcast with Mercedes and say, oh, 20 years from now thinking, I know I should have invested. It's 20 years gone by. I should have bought when I heard Mercedes and Dustin talking about this. I didn't. You want to be the person that says, I took action and 20 years from now, I have 20 properties or 30 or 40 properties. And now I'm making money in passive income. I'm so glad I took action because here for me, I love making a minimum of $250 a month. Just like you, I have all my students. Like I show them, this is what I do. So one property at $250 a month in passive income, that's $3,000. Remember, that's the minimum. I saw making me $1,000 a month. But if you had 10 properties at $250 a month, that is literally $30,000 a year. That's $2,500 a month. 20 properties at $250 a month, that's $5,000 a month, $60,000 a year. You just keep scaling it from there. But remember, that's the minimum. I was making that back in 2006 when I bought my first property, and now it just keeps compounding over and over. So don't wait. But let's let's definitely touch on, because I know my audience and my students, they're really concerned about interest rates. Now, I personally... I'm excited about interest rates. I'm excited that they're high. And here's the, and I want you to share too. I love that they're high because I don't pay my mortgage. I don't pay my taxes. I don't pay my property management fees. I don't pay for repairs. I don't pay for insurance. I don't pay for any of that stuff. My tenants pay for that. Now, what I do is I make sure I buy the property right, that it makes me money in passive income, account for all the expenses, and then make sure I can rent it for more than that. That difference is my passive income. But with interest rates up, prices must come down because the people are uh, they're priced out of the market. Because the same, let's say they had $2,000 a month for rent or mortgage. Now that $200,000 used to buy a $450,000 house. Now it's maybe $200,000, $250,000 because of the high interest rates. So let's talk about interest rates. Like I remember we were talking about this and you had some good points on there as well. But what are your thoughts about the interest rates? These interest rates, they make me laugh, actually. <laughs> but let me just preface this by saying I started investing. I started my real estate endeavor in 2003, 2004. Interest rates back then were at a whopping 12%, and that was good. Second mortgages were at around uh, 18%. And so back in the day, you would get a first mortgage and a second mortgage. It was insane. So of course, I started in the subprime world where I was doing loans on that level. So I will say, Dustin, that we got really spoiled during COVID because in the history- Really spoiled. Our, really spoiled. I mean, there were interest rates at like a 2%, maybe three and an eighth. I mean, it was crazy. And I will say without a shadow of a doubt that in our history, in our lifetime, Dustin, interest rates will never drop that low ever again. I vow for that. Now, 
Right now, interest rates, let's just say, probably are at a six and a half, seven percent, maybe even tapping the curve of eight percent. In the grand scheme of things, eight percent to borrow money from a bank for 30 years at eight percent, and all you have to do is put 20 percent down. I mean, that's like a no brainer. But let's just say, okay, eight percent, it's high. I'm willing to bet that in about three to five years, interest rates aren't going to go down. They're probably going to come up. It's a mathematical equation with inflation, with what our market is doing, with what the dollar is doing. It's mathematically impossible that interest rates are going to come down. Fed say it all the time right now. Not even going to try to lie about that. So if the interest rate goes up to 12%, call it like three to five years, you're going to be so happy that you bought five properties today at a seven and a half interest rate. So I just tell my clients, listen, you're not going to make a 10% ROI like you did three years ago. That's not going to happen in today's world. But what I will say is that next year, that ROI that you bought today that maybe is at a 4%, you're likely going to be at a five-ish, maybe five and a half, because your rent's increased. But we're just talking on cash flow, Dustin. We haven't even talked about amortization, the tenant paying down the mortgage. We haven't talked about depreciation. We haven't talked about appreciation. And so the reality is that interest rate, it's only a small equation of the whole picture. But the reality is, if you were to lock something today, call it at an 8% for 30 years, If by the chance of good God, the rates go down to 5% in two years, which they probably won't, but if they do, then you can refinance in two years. What's the big whoop? So I don't know. Real estate is such a huge hedge on inflation. That's a whole other topic and and a whole other podcast. But locking in your rate at 8% today is not that bad of a gig. If you're cash flowing today, I'm not okay with you negative, but I'm okay. Even if you're cash flowing 50 bucks, you're actually cash flowing a lot more. If you factor in the other four revenue streams that holding income brings. So I'm glad that you brought that up, Dustin, because it's so important that we educate the public about interest rates. Totally. And the Federal Reserve literally said they want to break the back of the real estate market. I'm like, my goodness, they came out and said that. They literally said that. Um, and so, they, what does that mean? They want to break the back of the real estate market. I don't, I don't it, it, the price has just been going up so high. And so, they think that's obviously that's part of inflation as well. Like, there's so much money in the system. And so, they want to do that, but it's they're going to do it by continuing to raise the interest rate. So, I completely and wholeheartedly agree with you. If it does come back down. And I that's a strong if. Like I'm like a 99% positive. It's never going to come back down or never in our lifetime. It's going to be very, very, in a very, very low chance of probability. It's actually going to come down. But we, what if we get to 15%? My goodness. I wish I would have got 8% low. But here's the great thing about real estate investing is as we continue to grow and buy more properties, it snowballs. That passive income snowballs where you can then buy properties with your properties that you currently own. As you scale, once you get you know, 10, 20, 30 properties each month, if you're making $5,000 a month or 6,000 or 10,000, that you can use that money to buy more properties. That's how, like I said, my good friend who has 4,000 units or properties, 
and he does single family homes, it's because he just keeps rolling it, putting it back into his business. Now, I personally believe that if you are going to be investing in real estate, no matter what interest rate it's going to be, like you said, you can refinance if it goes lower. You're going to be thankful if it goes up where you're at now. You just need to start moving right now and then continually to move. But here's the big thing. A lot of students say, well, Dustin, the prices are you know so high, they're like really high. Interest rates are really high. I just can't make cash flow. I said, well, what you need to do right now, it's not a buyer's market anymore. And a long time ago was a buyer's market. Let's say 2010. Fantastic buyer's market. I didn't, I couldn't buy as many as I could. I wanted to. But 2020 through now, it's been a seller's market. It's now changing. It's definitely no longer a seller's market. Properties are staying on the market much, much longer. They're nostalgic. Sellers are always nostalgic. Oh, six months ago, I could have got this. So I'm going to just keep holding on. But eventually, like the Fed wants to do, break the back of the real estate market, it's going to come down. So if you're going to buy properties today, which you absolutely should, do not put it off, work with Mercedes, find this properties that they're cash flowing that she already has. But what you do is you make sure that you get the price lower because these high-priced homes in Arizona, I live in Phoenix, this is the desert. People are spending five, were spending $500,000 for a three-bedroom, two-bath, 1,500-square-foot. Like, that's stupid. <laughs> that's like that's ridiculous why they're spending that much money. But what you need to do if you're an investor, you make sure that you're making money in passive income and you account for all your expenses. Mortgage is an expense. And if your mortgage is too high for your passive income, you need to lower the pr purchase price of the home in order to make sure that passive income goes up. But with the interest rates, no matter, well, for me and you and me, we absolutely know this. We make money if the market goes up, if the market goes down, or if the market goes sideways. We make money in cash flow. And one thing people might be thinking and have been talking to me about is, hey, Dustin, if there's a recession coming, if there's going to be a bad times, won't that make rents go down? I said, well, let's think about it. In 2006, I was buying properties. In 2008, there was a recession. I was concerned. I was really concerned that my rents were going to go down. People were talking about that. But what happened in 2008? What happened the same thing here. Sadly, the people that are renting they are going to continue to rent, which is good. You know, they'd be totally fine. But the people that bought a home that they way overpaid, they're going to be underwater. They foreclose or short sale, but they get out of the property, but they become renters. So the demand skyrockets when there's a bad economy. My rents did not go down really at all. Maybe dip like 2%, but now I'm making like double what I was making back then. So you just got to realize that if there's a bad time in the economy, for us as investors, if you are ready, and here's, I love this kind of analogy, you need to be ready by having the education, like working with Mercedes and keep listening to Epic Real Estate Podcasts, like keep listening and keep growing. So you need to know how to do it, number one, so you don't make mistakes. Number two, you need to start by building your business and having the right people in place. And number three, start buying now. And because if you're going to be surfing, you know, I love surfing, you're in the ocean. Well, if the wave passes you and you just try to start paddling to try to catch the wave, you're not going to catch it. What you do is you start paddling before the wave gets to you. So you have that momentum that's going to push you and you catch that wave and you ride all the way in. I wish I had all the knowledge and money that I have now back in 2010 and eight and 10. Now I am as ready as I can be. I'm super pumped and I'm trying to help as many people just like Mercedes is. We're trying to make sure as many people are ready to ride this huge wave in because I think it's going to be a great time to invest in real estate. It's coming, man. I feel it. I've been, you know, I've been around for 17 years. So I've seen it all happen in 17 years and real estate is cyclical. I also, you know, real estate, the demand for it. I mean, I was just, I did a podcast yesterday and I talked about it. Our population is growing in such a manner that we do not have enough housing for the amount of growth our world is doing specifically here in America. 
So it's like, you want to own that one thing that people absolutely need to survive. People need shelter. The way the world is going, a lot of people cannot afford to buy a house. So they're forced to rent it. If we are the rental owners, if we own these real estates, we are the people that people are going to rent from. So it starts with one property a year. I want to talk really quick, and I know we're running out of time. I want to be super respectful of your time, Dustin, but I want to talk really quick about financing. I hear so many of my clients come to me as, you know, I don't have a down payment. I don't have the money. I started with, I was working for corporate America. So I had a little 401k and I had an IRA that was barely producing 1%. So I learned how to roll over my IRA. I did a self-directed IRA. I bought my very first rental with IRA money. And then I borrowed against my 401k because the reality is when you borrow against your 401k, you're paying yourself back with interest. Now, of course, you'd have to check with the, you know, your human resources department if you're a W-2 employee as to whether you can borrow against it. But the majority of the people think that they don't have money and they really do. It's just a matter of looking for it. So I spent a lot of time helping my clients look to see where they don't know that they don't know that they have money. When you bought your first property, Dustin, where did you get the money for that? Oh, yeah. So uh, I just got married and I didn't have any, I wasn't taught to save. My wife was. So I wasn't in debt, which was good because I was taught not to do that. But my wife saved money. We had like $12,000. And six months later, after we got married, I said, hey, honey, I'm really wanting to invest in real estate. Can I take the money that you saved and buy real estate? She's like, what do you want to do? That's our save. Anyways, so I got that money, but then I also borrowed money, but then I recycled that money. Back in 2006, I did, I think it's called the Burr method, you know, buy, rent, rehab, uh, repeat, and all that sort of stuff, right? Recycle that money. I did that back in 2006, many, many, many times over and over again. Now that's where I got started. But I've also, like I said, I've done at least 15 different ways of getting financing for your property. Now, the great thing about working with Mercedes or myself, like we have, we've seen just about everything out there. And so if you don't know an option that's out there, then you're not gonna be able to take that option. What I love to do, and I know Mercedes does too, we love to give all of our students like as many options that are out there and they could pick whichever one's the right one. I'll give you a quick example. So one of my one-on-one coaching students, his name is Benjamin. He's a pastor up in Sacramento, California. Doesn't make much money. Doesn't even have really much money because you know pastors don't make much money. And so, but he did have a house. He did have a 401k, did not have any retirement account. He did have a house though. He bought like seven or eight years ago. He had a good amount of appreciation in it. And I said, you know what we could do? We can get a home equity line of credit so we could borrow against the equity on the house. And then we could take, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what we did. I think it was Atlanta, Georgia. We took his home equity line of credit. We took that money out and you have a little bit of a payment because we're going to have to deal with that in a second. But we bought the house free and clear for $110,000 and we're investors. So we don't buy it full price. We capture equity. It was, they were asking like 160. We talked them down all the way down to 110, which was fantastic. So we captured even more equity. But then when we captured more equity, we refinance it. Because remember, this is out of our HELOC personal. Then we bought the next property, investment property, cash. So there's no loan on it. And then we do a refinance and pull that cash back out. Now that pays back off our home equity line of credit that we can use over again to buy the next property. And he, as a pastor, literally has his property with no uh, none of his own money. He didn't have any money. None of his own personal money. He'd have to work to get that money to buy the property. Now he does that over and over again. This is just the tip of the iceberg. I've done private loans. I've done bundled loans, like your portfolio loans, like you said. I've done commercial loans. I've even done hard money loans. Oh, 
I've done signature loans where you walk right in the bank and say, hey, bank, let me get an unsecured line of credit just by like a credit card, sign my name down. It's going to pay a high amount of interest, but I get that cash, buy a property, refinance, pull the cash back out. One last one. And this is, I just tip the icebergs. There's so many more to go through. I even use a credit card, Mercedes. This was like in 2008 when they were literally giving out the 0% for this one, 0% for the life of the cash balance that you take out. I said, what? That's cheap. That's cheap money. That's like, that's free money. I took out the entire amount, bought properties with it, then recycled it over again. If you have financing as a problem in your brain, just talk to Mercedes, listen to the Epic Real Estate Podcast. They're going to share with you all these great tools. But then it's, again, if you want coaching, like if you want to be working around the right people, you got to be in the room. So definitely be keep listening to the podcast, start working with Mercedes. If you need help, I'll help you too. It's just, there, here's a great thing. And I love, I'm so glad that Mercedes and I connected because I'm, she's going to be coming out and being at, speaking at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, my conference. My conference, the vision of it is the opposite of what I got suckered into. You know, the run to the back and go give us money. It's the opposite of that. In fact, it's all about community. It's all about helping people. So my goal in my life is to help 1 million people to invest in real estate. And my podcast, Master Passive Income Podcast, all my coaching, the conference, being on other people's podcasts is all a means to an end of helping 1 million people to invest because I found I get so much more fulfilled when other people invest and other people change their life. I don't get accomplishment because I accomplished something when I bought my property or quit my job. The fulfillment came when I see other people become successful, just like you, Mercedes. It's so true. It's so true. Dustin, you beat me to it. I, I was going to ask you your why, because I don't think you talk about it enough and you just kind of said it in passing, but it's about helping a million people. This real estate wealth builder conference that you created, it is truly different. And it's different because it is not about pitching you anything. It is truly about a remarkable community that you bring together. So tell us a little bit more details about your event. When is it? Um, how do you get involved with it? I am lucky enough to be asked to be a speaker in it. I will be there. I'm so excited about that. Um, just so you know, I'm, I'm a little selective as to where I speak. So I'm honored to be asked to be a part of it, Dustin. But Give us the details. If somebody is listening and says, hey, I want to go hang out with Dustin, Mercedes, and all of the 50 experts that are going to be there, where do they go? How do they find it? Absolutely. And the vision of this conference came from my audience saying, we want to get together. I said, that's great. Let me see if I can bring my friends, other expert real estate investors that have their own podcasts, YouTube channel, just like Mercedes, 50 plus of us in, in like influencers in real estate, but we're investors. And these people have a vision for helping people. In fact, some people that aren't the right fit. They are a little more of a taker. I, they want to speak, but I don't let them come speak because I want to guard the community. So the community is all about giving, all about helping, but we're bringing all of our audiences together. So it's going to be in March 14th through the 16th in 2024 in St. Louis, right in the city. It's at an amazing hotel. It's Union Station Hotel. It's like a mini theme park. It's like a Grand Central Station that they refurbished, Hilton refurbished into a hotel. Amazing. And so there's a mini theme park for all the kids. But this conference is literally a three-day conference of giving. I have two professional speakers. They're paid speakers. One speaks for Tony Robbins. One's been for 20 years. The other one speaks on his own as professional speakers. But they're my friends. They're givers. I said, hey, I want to start this conference. I need you to come. Would you come and be a part of this conference and speak? And they said, without a shout out, 100%, Dustin, we believe in your vision. And we love you. We want to be there too. This is just the tip of the iceberg. We have so many, we, we talked talk about all types of investing. So it could be investing strategy from Burr method to 
flipping houses to Airbnb to storage units to multifamily. All asset classes is what we talk about. We have 50 plus breakout sessions where you can learn whatever you want. We have keynotes, we have parties. It's all about getting you to become a better investor. And I'm so pumped, Mercedes, to have you be here with us. And then again, it's all about us as influencers bringing our audiences together. We have close to 20 million people that follow all of us. And we're just trying to bring us all together to help make investing better. I want to give your audience 10% off just because they're part of your audience because I love your audience. I love how you guys, if they use and they, they go to RubeCon, R-E-W-B-C-O-N. So Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference spelled out rewbcon.com. And if they use the promo code podcast, I will absolutely know they came from Mercedes from your podcast. And we will know that we are reaching out to people. So use the promo code podcast and I'll give you 10% off. Go to rubecon.com to get that as well. I love it. Thank you so much, Dustin. That's super, super helpful for the listener. This is by far truly one of the most amazing events. And I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Okay, I always ask my guest one last thing. And it's one of those things that I ask everybody and it amazes me how in some shape, way or form, I kind of get the same answer. But what advice would you give to a new investor who may be considering buying and holding and they're just scared to death? What would you tell them? Final words. The final words for me is... The only reason why you're scared is because it's unknown. It's because it's something that you haven't done before and you're worried. And everybody, we all with Mercedes and I both went through it. I and Mercedes, we both helped so many people get past it. So it's the unknown, the fear of the unknown. And here's the fun thing. So I've coached hundreds of, if not thousands of people now. And when we build the business, they buy their first property. And I kid you not, that first property is hard. But the second property comes within maybe at most a month because they've already built the business. They already have the systems. They have the people in there. They work with turnkey companies like Mercedes and Cashflow Savvy. Like They have everything in place. And once they do it one time, they realize, oh my goodness, this wasn't nearly as bad as, and I'm not going to die. And you think back 20 years from now, I'm so glad I listened to Mercedes and I started buying properties. And so that's my suggestion is don't, don't, because it's easy to say, just start, just do it. It's hard for a lot of people just to do it, like to muscle through it. But what it takes is education. And then you seeing what other people, like all the people that listen to this podcast and that work with Cashflow Savvy and work with Mercedes and Matt, they have so many wins and so many success stories that they give you encouragement. Like when I bring on my students onto my podcast, they share how they did it. And that helps the next person realize, oh my goodness, that's just a regular person. In fact, I want everybody to look at me as your next door neighbor and Mercedes. We're just awesome people that love other people. Like that's what we do. We love other people. And so what we try to do is make sure that we are helping you by giving you all the pieces you need. And it's literally just education. That's going to get you over this hurdle. I love it. Ah, such great words of wisdom. It's funny you say that because uh, I also interview the students that have had success in our program. And I ask them a very similar question. And I always say, you know, what surprised you most about your journey? And they always, and I do mean always say, they say it's so easy or it's addicting because it is so easy. It is addicting. Yeah. And then it gets addicting to get that cash flow every month. So you are spot, spot on. Dustin, I cannot thank you enough for being such an amazing guest 
just filled with wisdom and just open to share. And I thank you so, so much. Thank you. Do you mind, would you mind terribly if I can give everybody a free course? I just want to have that path of getting to 1 million people. Go for it. Oh, thank you. How do people reach you and how do they get your course? Oh yeah. So literally a free course. I've had countless people invest just with that. And you could also work with Mercedes, get her turnkey properties. We just want to give. And so if you text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L, rental to 33777, rental to 33777, I'll give you the entire course, show you how to build the business, how to find an area of the country to invest, how to scale the business to make money to be able to quit your job. But then you can also find me, I have my Master Passive Income podcast. And so that's literally just mostly me teaching how to invest in real estate. But I did just have Mercedes on my show. So that's going to be, you're going to listen to that one. She gives so many awesome insights into that one. But you could even find me on Instagram. I actually don't mind people reaching out to me on Instagram. The Dustin Heiner, T-H-E, Dustin Heiner. And no, Mercedes, I'm not that arrogant. It's the only handle I could come up with. Everything else was taken. So (laughs) The Dustin Heiner, you can check me out, my Master Passive Income podcast. And so super blessed to get to know you even better. I mean, we had just three conversations, but we're kindred spirits. Like this is so, (laughs) I I am so blessed that you're going to be at the conference. And Mercedes, I trust me, you're going to be so blessed to be a part of and so just encouraged by the community that we're building. That's my entire vision. Everybody like that comes to your and listens to you, works with you. That's my type of people because you're not my type of people. Anybody else that doesn't like us, move on. We want the people that want to work with us. You need to be here. If you're listening, get that promo code podcast, get 10% off. But I'm so looking forward to hanging out with you in St. Louis, but even I need to meet Matt and we're going to need to go play golf. So I'll see if I can work that out too. Matt is quite the golfer, so watch out. Uh, Dustin, I thank you so, so much. I'm so happy that you shared. So to my listener, give Dustin Heiner a follow, You know, download his free course, and take advantage of his 10%. That's super generous. By the way, the price of the conference is super, super affordable. So do not let that hold you back as we are here for you. Uh, Dustin, thank you so much for being a part of the Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast. And to our listener, if you are listening and we resonated just a little bit with you, just to make a little bit of a change in your financial future, give us a five-star review. Tell us what you liked best about Dustin. And just so you know, if we read your review on the air, your five-star review, we will send you a book uh, signed by Matt, and I will personally give you a shout out. So thank you so much for having me, Dustin. And to our listener, thank you for listening where cash flow is queen. Have a great day. Bye-bye. And that wraps up the epic show. If you found this episode valuable, who else do you know that might too? There's a really good chance you know someone else who would. And when their name comes to mind, please share it with them and ask them to click the subscribe button when they get here and I'll take great care of them. God loves you and so do I. Health, peace, blessings, and success to you. I'm Matt Terrio, living the dream. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. You didn't know, homeboy, we got the cash flow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.